And now, Grantland Pop Culture. Hello, Grantland enthusiasts. This is Dave Schilling, and today I am joined by writer, comedian, Emmy-nominated writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver on HBO, co-creator of Modern Seinfeld, and co-author of the new book, You Blew It, An Awkward Look at the Many Ways in Which You've Already Ruined Your Life. Hello, Josh Gondelman. Welcome. Hello, David. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, this is your second Grantland podcast now. In, a, in, uh, in eight days. In eight days. Are you taking my job? No. Okay, no, no, I don't. wouldn't. You would. You do it better than I would. I don't know about that. You're a very talented man. Also, heck of a commute. It's a, it would be a long commute. Like, yes. what would you do? Take the uh, Acela? Is that the train? The Acela, for like, the cross-country Acela? Yes. They're going to build one. <laughs> yes. Or some sort of, like, hovercraft. I would love to take, but not one of those, like, kind of BS hoverboards that people, because it's just a Segway with no handle. Well, yeah, that's not a hoverboard, though. That has wheels. Like It's got wheels. I, I, I was born at a time when the hoverboard was the thing that Marty McFly rode yeah. in Back to the Future In my too. day, a hoverboard hovered. <laughs> that's right. And, and it was in the future. Yes, it was uh, not a thing with wheels. Yep, and it didn't exist. It was not real. Yes. I, you can't just call a thing the word you want it to be. Yeah, I think it is. You're right. A wish fulfillment thing. I can't just call the subway a private jet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my space shuttle to work today. Yeah. Uh, I'll be back. Oh, the city bus? Yep, that's yes, like, that's but I call it the space shuttle now. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's let's talk about your book, because this is really exciting. I've known you for a long time. We have known each other a long time. I met you when uh, I was still doing stand-up, and we were both doing Thought Catalog. Mm-hmm. And now you're like a big thing. You're a guy well, with you. an Emmy nomination and a book. So tell me about I this book. That. Uh, so the book is called You Blew It, and it's uh, I co-wrote it with my friend Joe Berkowitz, who's a really funny and talented writer. He actually just had a, a, a big piece go up, like the third of a trilogy uh, go up on the all today, which is, he's just like so talented and it was a pleasure to write with him. But the book is ostensibly a guide to how to ruin your life and where it's not a specifically prescriptive, where it's not like, here are the st- steps you take to ruin your life, where there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, here's how you ruin Thanksgiving. Here's how you ruin a work party. Uh, here's how you ruin a first date. Here's how you ruin a job interview. Um, there, there are also just kind of things about how there are a lot of chapters that detail how even under the best circumstances, everything is a nightmare and you're on the verge of uh, social horror at all times. How many of these uh, stories are true to life for you? Like, how many times have you messed up in a social situation? I'm okay. I I did it. I kind of kept myself held back a little bit. I, the, the one, because we, we did, a lot of it is hypothetical or based on reality. And then there are a few real, true, super uncomfortable stories. And my the one I wrote specifically is about how I've only ever gotten one massage. <laughs> and I did not I did it wrong. <laughs> so wait, I, how, how do you do it wrong? If you're receiving, don't you just lay there and like let it happen? That's what I didn't do. Okay. <laughs> I went rigid. And the, the <laughs> m- masseuse the masusa is it a woman that's a sounds very jewish yeah masusa is uh, not a mezuzah <laughs> nope. it's a something it's something uh, else uh, female masseuse uh had to remind me to breathe and then <laughs> minutes later when i resumed breathing assured me that i was doing great at it <laughs> that's how bad i am at lying still and being touched by human hands well what do you think it was that made you so stressed out i think she had a very aggressive style okay yeah so she, this is like swedish and lots of it, it was um I would call it UFC. Okay, <laughs> it was so like close. It was like uh, 
It was like how Ronda Rousey would give you, him a massage. You know, masseuses are not supposed to put you in a headlock. No, it was an arm bar, oh, and I okay. tapped out in 14 you seconds. You put me in the sharpshooter like Bret Hart, and it was, it was real painful. I tapped out. It was. I was done within uh, seconds. But so and, and so, it's it's not a book about the actual horrors of the world. It's about the minor social. Uh, you brought up Seinfeld, Seinfeldian style horrors that are because Seinfeld wasn't about um, genocide. No, not not quite. <laughs> it was about not knowing where you parked. Exactly. And, and those horrors, I think, are also worth discussing. Well, speaking of Seinfeld, you are the co-creator of Modern Seinfeld, the Twitter account that became very, very famous. I and, am. Uh, tell us how that started, because I actually don't know the uh, origin story. So I had just started tweet. I, it was an idea that I had because my friend Dan Bulger, who's like an enormously funny, hilarious comedian, and I were talking one day, and he said, you know, if there were no cell... If they had cell phones on Seinfeld, excuse me, if they had cell phones that would just cut out half of the episodes. You you wouldn't have anything. And I was thinking about that. I was just kind of turning over in my head for like two years. And then I realized you would lose a few episodes, but then you would gain infinity episodes. There would be infinite possibilities for uh, Seinfeld. Just like emojis and uh, texting and voicemail versus answering machines. There's just so much. And uh, so I started tweeting for my own account and my friend Jack Moore, so, who was working at uh, writing at BuzzFeed at the time, saw that and was like, oh, this is like a thing. So he made the account and then we started writing them together. So I noticed looking at it recently mm-hmm. that it's been like more infrequent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're busy. Jack is busy, mm-hmm. I assume. Uh, how long do you guys think you're going to keep doing it? I mean, as long as there's still the present day, we can keep doing it. <laughs> right. And it's fun. It's fun to kind of... Uh, it's a fun way to incorporate a topical joke that maybe is like corny in your own voice or is just a slight commentary, like a hover a hoverboard right. thing, right? Would be perfect for um like Kramer. This is the show right here. This yeah, is the right? show. As so say, that's yeah. yeah, there it is. Yeah. So it's like very um it's fun to comment on those things in a way that uh, is kind of outside of ourselves and has like a wider audience than either of us have individually. So that's pretty nice. It's nice to to be involved in a thing that's bigger than you and not like, look at me, I'm tweeting. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of things that are big and huge, you know, you've you've got this Emmy nomination and the show is on Sunday and you're here and and soaking it up. I hope. Yeah, I'm soaking. Yeah, I feel good. It's I've never been nominated for the Emmys before. Have you uh, ever been nominated for anything uh, other than an Emmy before? I have been. Okay. Yes. What have you been nominated uh, for? I was nominated for most theatrical in high school. Okay. And I was, uh, I actually, my high school superlative, uh, I, I won two because I'm very excited. Wow. I won zero. What? Oh man. What were you up for? Nothing. <laughs> I had no, no one was interested. I had a in lifetime of being nominated for things. I, but mazel tov. I They let me choose. They were like, you can't have two. So they let me choose, but they also let me see who was next in line for mm-hmm. both. So I chose, I was like, oh, I'll give that to my friend. Cause, so then we could Oh, you were being one. generous. Oh, I tried. Oh, okay. Uh, so he got most theatrical. I would have done the opposite and, and, and picked the one that would have been the most spiteful one to give. Like, <laughs> how do I hurt someone? Yeah. I'm a bad person. You're like, oh, which one do I want? Do I want most likely to succeed or biggest douche? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I took most likely to succeed mm-hmm. and Craig is the biggest douche forever. <laughs> yeah. You screwed that, Craig. up, Craig. So, no, I've, uh, it's always nice to win things as an adult. Yeah. That's so infrequent that so, you get to win things. So... 
you're going and and what is going to be in your mind you think when you're sitting there and you're just kind of like in your tux and you're twiddling your thumbs uh i'm probably going to be like whispering to my girlfriend about like what's that guy from i know he's from a thing everyone here's from a thing who's that guy uh and she'll be telling me like that's Brian Cranston, idiot. <laughs> he's she, on, would, she doesn't talk like that at all. He's Malcolm in the Middle. He's, a, he's the dad. The famous TV dad from Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle. Dad? He was the dentist on Seinfeld. <laughs> just like all his other credits. He was in Argo briefly. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about uh, your book and how you know it's about social uh, faux pas and things like that. Uh, do, you, do you anticipate there being any for yourself? Definitely. Okay. I, I'm very... I'm very in and out. I, I pick my spots with famous people when I see them. I try to be very unobtrusive. And so I imagine I will see people that I really admire. And I I always just kind of like come up and whisper like, thank you. And then just walk away, <laughs> which is just awful. Like that's not – they would much rather – uh, 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 sentence. Yeah, sure. Besides the yeah, wisp, the terrifying wisp. Just a terrifying. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when I when I get a little nervous. Is my uh my I can't like modulate my voice well, so oh, no. I, I, it just like gets very small, and I'm just like. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> you should just like it's like you ghosting people with compliments. Like you just yeah. like, thank you, and then you run yeah, away. Yeah, I like I I'm gonna haunt Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> You're like the bagger Vance of comedy. I am. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Very much so, like <laughs> nothing like Bagger. I'm Vance. a lot like Bagger Vance. All right, well, put that in, is the bio for your next book. It was Will Smith. Josh he was Gondelman. in the Six Degrees of Separation. He was <laughs> Josh Gondelman, writer, comedian, and comedy's Bagger Vance. Comedy's Bagger Vance. Um, I, in that, I bring golf clubs to all my shows. <laughs> Why? Not for my own use, for other people. Exactly. In case the, I, I know which ones they beat. <laughs> none. Uh, it's none ever. What if at the Emmys you run into Jerry Seinfeld? Do you Ooh. think he knows what you look like? No. Because he said some things that were were not uh, nice about your, the modern Seinfeld, right? I think. Well, it's not. I, I had to make peace with. It's not for him, right? And so that's um, a helpful thing to remember. I actually saw him in a restaurant, mm. but I didn't recognize him either. You didn't recognize? <laughs> no. Him? I mean, well, I didn't see him. That was oh, the way. Okay, my okay. girlfriend was like, Psst. and then I looked and was like, that's certainly Jerry Seinfeld. I know what that person looks like, <laughs> right. and. So and she was like, you should say something. And I was like, I don't think I should. And he was eating dinner with people. And yeah. that's like the worst. You know, oh, I mean? absolutely not. Yeah. It's not like he was having a cup of coffee and reading the newspaper. And I could be like, oh, excuse me. That was really, you know, compliment ghost. <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't want to bag or ransom. Yeah. And uh, he so I, I think I would if it were at an event where it wasn't like bothering, mm-hmm. I would say hello. Right. Uh, but I certainly I don't need Jerry Seinfeld to be aware of me that badly right that um that i would interrupt him when he was doing and like i would jump in front of his car while he was shooting his like, hey you, you. You, you you're the guy remember me remember no me? i don't know not at all not at all Re- remember implies that you i ever knew about you <laughs> uh he will remember you if you jump in front of his car yeah he sure, sure will and then we'll have to uh we'll have to scrape you off the hood mm-hmm. and then throw you in jail mm-hmm. um a lot of times when I see someone famous and I'm with my wife or someone else and I don't tell them that I've seen this famous person, mm-hmm. uh, I get in trouble afterwards. Because oh. then I'll be like, as we're leaving, I'll say, oh, yeah, I just saw uh, Jim J. Bullock mm-hmm. or uh, Christian Slater or, mm-hmm. you know, some famous person. Is Jim- I hope Jim J. Bullock is still alive. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, didn't I, I honestly was like, 
Is that a made up person? No, no, no. Who's Jim J. Book? He was on uh, Hollywood Squares. Got it, got it, got it, yeah. got it. Yeah, anyway, so if I see someone famous and I don't say something and I say afterwards, I saw this person. Mm-hmm. Then usually my wife will be like, why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, because if I poke you in the shoulder and I'm like, Psst, there's Patrick Stewart from Star Trek. <laughs> then Patrick Stewart turns around and he's like, come on, I'm just trying to have a hoagie over here. I think you mean Patrick Stewart from Blunt Talk, first of yeah, all. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Stars <laughs> is Blunt Talk, uh, which I haven't watched yet. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's great. I just also, it's just very funny to identify people from not the most famous thing they've done. Patrick Stewart from the movie Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Have you have you seen Dune? That's Patrick Swayze <laughs> from the movie from Star Trek. <laughs> I meant to say Patrick Stewart from Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> That's Patrick Swayze from Black Dog. He was in that movie <laughs> yeah. with the truck, right? Sure was. Um, and Meatloaf. And Meatloaf was in that. That's right. So, like, I I feel like there's no way to win in that situation unless you just ignore them and not say anything. Yeah, I think unless you can be very subtle, like if it's a place, like if it's on the street, mm-hmm. you can, you, hey, look at that, because there's enough going on that you wouldn't draw attention to yourselves. But I also think that they have some sort of, like, idea that there are always eyes on them. They have, like, a, a fandar? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I, I was at uh, the Whole Foods in West Hollywood, and I saw Steve Coogan, okay. who I was a huge fan yeah. of, still am, and he was just, like, squeezing melons. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I'm not going to say a word to him. I'm going to look at him a couple times, and that's it. But he kept, like, looking up and, like, looking around as though yeah. he knew that someone – there was a, a troll in the room sure. who was, like, going to ask for his autograph. <sighs> so I feel like that would be constant at the Emmys or something. But I, I think everyone – maybe they forget that there are people like me who aren't famous around. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it's a safe, safe place. It's, yeah, it's a safe, it's a safe space. It's a sanctuary. For, to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> There, and consequently, a safe space for me to not be famous. In. Exactly. Uh, the, I went to the ESPYs for the first time this year, and and that was great. Just oh, because, was it? Again, I was like the least famous person there. I'm always the least famous person, no matter where I go, except <laughs> my mother's house. That's nice. I always uh, I always tell people that I'm very famous amongst people that already know me. <laughs> That's like my demographic. Amongst my circle of friends, mm-hmm. I'm very well friends, known. Friends, uh, I do pretty well in the demographic of cousins. Uh, <laughs> they they mostly know who I Cousin am. Cousin John. <laughs> uh, sports. We got to talk about sports. You were just on the NFL podcast. The yeah, that was thing. a blast. That was fun from what I've heard. I did not attend, but everyone said Josh Gondelman. That's a guy to look out for. No. Yes. That's, yes. That's there was a nice. lot of very Thank positive you. feedback. Oh, I'm glad. Um, But because you're a Boston sports guy, not Mm -hmm. the Boston sports guy, but lowercase (laughs) a Boston sports guy. uh, Uppercase B for Boston still. Well, yeah, because it is a major American city. Yes. How do you feel about Deflategate? Because I wasn't there at the podcast. I don't know if you touched on it, but I want to know. How how are you feeling about the Patriots? I feel terrific. I bought a free Brady t-shirt I wore to the podcast. Okay, okay. Uh, I bought it. It came in the mail the day before the suspension was repealed. I am in, I am a, I think I, my bio for the podcast was a conflicted but unrepentant Patriots fan. (laughs) So, like, I feel like I should feel bad, but then I don't feel bad. Uh, I just, I, Tom Brady has brought so much joy to my family (laughs) that I wish only the best for him. And, uh... And I love, you know, who cares? He's on a plane with Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck's uh, nanny uh, showing off Super Bowl rings. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. How, who cares? 
he's got a good life, and I feel like there's a there's a a, a need for people to tear him down unfairly. There is, well, and maybe he's, fairly, but I mean, yes, leave okay, him alone. I will say but fairly. If, I will say tear him down fairly, but also I don't care. That's like kind of the beautiful thing about. Uh, specifically criticism of other people, is I don't have to care. Yeah. Uh, and I can love, as long as he's great, and he had a great first game. Oh, that game was fantastic. Tremendous. I, I had Julian Edelman in my fantasy team. Me too. Team. Are you in a points per reception league? Yes. Oh, I'm not. And it. I didn't know that until the next morning. Oh, no. It was killing me. You gotta read that first email. I know. I know. I don't even know if our first email had the rules in it. I bet yours does, because I'm sure you're in an this ESPN is a, This is a Grantland League, mm-hmm. and like it was... There was a, a month of uh, consternation about, like, what kind of league is it going to be? And yeah. going to be in it? And will there be cash? But finally, we solved it. And, and yes, it is a points per reception league. And, uh, yeah, I made a killing. Edelman is a great player for that. Yeah. I mean, he, and he just kept throwing to him yep. in that game, too. It was wonderful. Uh-huh. Um, I feel the same way that you feel about Tom Brady, about Kobe Bryant. And I think there's a lot of celebrities like Woody Allen's of the mm-hmm. world or Kobe or people that have quote unquote done things that have been uh, antisocial. Sure. Obviously Kobe's alleged issues are wor- way worse, worse than, than Brady. Than I was going to say I didn't mean to. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, they're very And I, certainly, yeah, I think what Woody Allen has been accused of is also worse. Is maybe worse than uh being on a team that watched another team secretly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there are people out there who who would equate the two. Like uh, one wrong thing is a wrong thing no matter what it is. And mm-hmm. And there are people who just hate Tom Brady. There are people that just hate Tom and Brady. It's, it's silly to me. And with, the, with with Kobe, though, I feel like I don't know how to respond to people who say, like, you know, he did some bad things or potentially did some bad things. How do you talk to people about Tom Brady then? Like, it's not the same thing, as I said, but mm-hmm. it is the same sort of, like, vitriol that you get and, like, sure. everything's tainted. Yes. So what yeah. do you say? Everything's tainted. I think the deflate gate stuff was wildly overblown. Uh, for a while, at least. It seems like it's kind of leveling off, where it's like, okay, there is kind of a swirling thing. But I also, I will root for anyone, I will root for anyone in the NFL uh, who has not committed a criminal act to have their punishment repealed. Even a criminal act. I think the weed suspensions are ridiculous. So, like, anything that's, like, not, I will even say a violent or destructive act against other people, I root for them against Roger Goodell. And I think if you make Roger Goodell the villain, then it's easier. Also, game one, he was, you forget people like, Tom Brady, the worst guy ever. What a uh, monster. And then he's playing against Ben Roethlisberger and you're like, oh, he's he's committed legal (laughs) crimes. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Do I have to say allegedly so I don't get sued? Uh, yeah, yeah. Everything that we're saying here, unless people were convicted, it's alleged. Allegedly. Yes. We're not saying <laughs> I'm not passing judgment on anyone. We're talking about uh, personal moral uh, beliefs and, sure. and things of that nature. And so I think like the weed suspensions, I think the um, any of that stuff, any of like the, the slight cheating uh I think it's it's wrong to do, but I make the NFL the villain, mm-hmm. and then I and then I have an easy time sleeping at night. The thing that confuses me the most about this whole situation, and I could barely keep up, yeah. was him destroying his cell phone. Yeah, what was that for? Just loves the wire. <laughs> he's just a big just like, fan of the wire. When they rip the he, burners, he's always wanted. He probably didn't have a flip phone. Well, no, was, he probably broke an iPhone in half. <laughs> well, he's got big hands. He's got big hands, big quarterback hands, but likes the ball a little smaller. So, <laughs> well, wouldn't you think if you were if you were multimillionaire Tom Brady, uh, NFL quarterback, three time at the time Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. 
and you were going to do something that uh, suspicious and shady and texting people, you would get a burner cell phone. Absolutely. You would have, like, one of your assistants go and buy, like, a track phone. Or- I want a burner cell phone. I would. I wouldn't even know what to do with it. I think it'd be fun just to like call your friends. Is like, guess where I'm calling you from? Yeah, I'm calling you from a cell phone that costs ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and a uh, pay-as-you-go plan, yeah. and then just having have like, hey, tonight we're gonna go. We're gonna get tacos, right? Snap, <laughs> throw away. <laughs> I feel like that would be a more problematic uh, thing for me to do than for you. How come? Just because of the whole Rachel. Oh, George. Oh, to be seen. <laughs> doing. Like, why is that black guy snapping <laughs> a cell? That's, I guess, white privilege <laughs> includes being able to snap a cell phone in half in public. Yes. Tom Brady has benefited from white privilege more than you'll ever know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, thank you for illuminating that. You're welcome. This podcast is not just about chuckles. It's also about learning something. And I did. Uh, the Celtics. That's the next thing I wanted to discuss because the NBA season, thank God, is coming. I'm very excited. Very excited about this. There's a lot of storylines. But my favorite team and your favorite team are both kind of... Uh, on the uh, on the decline, they're they're certainly not in the championship hunt. No, no, certainly not. Uh, but there are reasons to be excited, and I think especially with the Celtics, Brad Stevens as as the coach, very exciting, a uh, very smart guy who was able to take a team that was sort of a shambles and mm-hmm. turn it into a playoff team and. Bringing in David Lee was kind of exciting, even though it wasn't quite Kevin Love level. We're going to sign, you know, a giant, exciting free agent. But it's a he's a piece. He looks like he should have played for the Celtics his whole career. <laughs> you by that you mean he's a white guy? Oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> There's just a certain way that the Celtics carry themselves. <laughs> I would say the same thing of <laughs> Robert Parrish. <laughs> Very strong, stoic man. Mm-hmm. The Kevin McHale, all of them. <laughs> Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, yeah. Kevin Love, Bill Walton. <laughs> uh, no, I I'm really psyched. I like David Lee. Um, I uh, I thought that he did a great job last year, like integrating and kind of like fading from the spotlight a little bit for the Warriors and, and being a, a good uh, a good dude about it. And I think that that's that's the kind of thing that would mesh with a system that is like very coach driven, right? Like he doesn't have to be the guy and it seems like he will buy into what a coach he trusts says. And I think that that's like the key to the Celtics success entirely is that everybody is, is buying into Brad Stevens right now and using uh, their talents to the, the best ends of the team. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I said when they uh, traded for Isaiah Thomas, like, this is a mistake. This is going to destroy the team. And he's great. And now they have him for a whole season. And he played in the system. And he's bought in. Yeah. And I'm like, Brad Stevens knows something I don't know. (laughs) I love that. And that trade was that. That turned the whole season around. Yeah. They were... A, uh, they were terrific to watch. They were one of the, the best they, teams in the league in the second half. That uh, the playoff series against the Cavs was tough. I, they just didn't have enough players that could um, put the put the round thing, put the spherical thing through the round thing. Well, yeah, that, that's that's a, a thing that they've had a, a problem with when you're when you're giving Kelly Olynyk major minutes mm-hmm. in a playoff series against LeBron James and company. And look, it paid off down the line for other teams. The yes, Kelly it Olenek. did. Kelly Olynyk should have been the MVP of the finals. He should have been. There should be some sort of trophy that he gets for being a bad person. That's uh, that's <laughs> the one. That's the other one I won in high school. I was voted. I was voted most likely to injure a star. <laughs> Is it going to happen at the Emmys? Are you going to trip sure is. someone By famous? Accident. Mindy Kaling, potentially. <laughs> um, 
Shouldn't have worn those heels, Mindy. Yeah, and also I uh, don't know how carpets work, so I just kicked <laughs> it up. I have it's all hardwood in New York. It's all mm-hmm. hardwood. Or it's cement. a lot of parquet. I most, oh, okay. Yeah, because Boston. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Would you I, put parquet floor in your like fancy apartment if you were a very rich man? You know. I, it hadn't occurred to me. I'm not, I don't have, like, a great eye for design, but now that you've put that in my head, it will never leave. I think you should. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, Red Auerbach had this wonderful idea mm-hmm. to have this court. I don't know if it was his idea, but, like, I imagine it must have been because he basically ran the team. But, like, why not for you, too? Yeah. Why not it for you? For, it worked for them. It were, yeah, six, uh, 17 championships. Yep. Any, anything that's good enough for Bill Russell is good enough for me. I like, I like the way you think. Thank you. Even though I hate the Celtics, mm-hmm. I like the way you think. Uh, uh, the, um, I, my apartment does have wooden floors, but I don't know, is, are all wood floors hardwood? They're not balsa wood. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> the difference. It's not otherwise. balsa wood. Uh, but there is, like, my apartment is, like, plastic with, like, a, uh, some sort of, like, covering that looks like wood. Okay. The, I, I don't know what that would be called. Yeah. But it's definitely not wood. But mm-hmm. it looks like it's wood. Yeah. Um, like this table that we're, we're using definitely got to be real wood. Yeah, that's wood. But yeah, it's just like there's weird lines on it that are supposed to be grain lines. And like, oh, no, that's funny. That's not real. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what parquet is either. No. Like, what I, makes uh, a parquet floor? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's just wood where they... It's, it looks kind of uh, like a flannel wood, you know what I mean, where it's like the grain goes different directions. Right. I don't know. Uh, but I I would I could be tricked into paying extra for it if I had that money. Yeah, why not? Uh, also, bo- uh, Brooklyn's court, is that parquet? What is that? It's, it's great. Like I, I love the look thing. of that arena. I do, too. It's great. It feels like it, I, the seats have like that, the black upholstering, and it just feels like a, like, fearsome environment to put an opponent into sort of like this studio we're in right now oh this is cozy this was no this was made to intimidate people to intimidate opponents are are you intimidated (laughs) this is an adversarial podcast i'm terrified but you should be there's a baseball bat and everything yeah um but i gotta talk about the lakers though please only because i want to know what you think about their situation as a celtics fan you must be thrilled that they're terrible but uh, maybe maybe you see some some uh, some sympathy in your in your heart. And I you do can feel bad for me. I think if the Celtics were really good, I would take like great. I would take more pleasure in the Lakers being terrible. But it's um, it kind of feels like old nemeses meeting when they're too old to try to murder each other anymore. Mm. Like uh, like Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting in a movie or something. Yeah, and it's just like, oh guys, come on guys. Yeah, you could get along. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could get along now because yeah. they're not they're not against each other right. in a in a meaningful way unless except for in the games where they play against each other. Mm. Uh because they I mean um, unless uh they both make it to the finals against enormous odds, massive odds. Massive. Uh then it's not it doesn't there there's not the same vitriol. Yeah, I see it as sort of like we're both uh on a subway train that's very packed mm-hmm. and someone has been farting. A lot, yeah. But it hasn't been me, and it hasn't been you. And right. we can be like, oh man, this, or this maybe is it's terrible. both of them. <laughs> We're both, farting. yeah. And it's like, uh, well, look, it's, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's it's a that was a rebuilding fart. <laughs> Come on, you just got to let it out. The pressure builds, mm-hmm. and you just kind of you just got to do your thing. Um, I am positive about this season. I'm excited about it, and I think. 
that there is a, a slight chance that they can win more games than the Celtics. Oh, I don't know. We got our man Brandon Bass from Boston. Yep. He's going to be uh, coming off the bench or maybe starting. I don't know. We've got uh, D'Angelo Russell and, and Julius Randle and, and Jordan Clarkson's second season and, and hopefully Kobe's last season. Um, I think maybe they could surprise some people and win 40 games. I feel like, Co- first of all, I feel like Kobe's going to take like four seasons off and then come back like the Eagles, the band, <laughs> not the team. Okay. And just like, like I'm getting the band back together. <laughs> You're like, oh no, Kobe's Please, playing another no. 20 seasons. I think people are excited when the Eagles get back together. Uh, yeah, I guess people are excited. <laughs> but But what I just mean is like coming back and then... He will be received worse than the Eagles are. I think it would be more if, like, let's say... But he, uh, the Eagles also vowed they would never get back together. That's, right. I think, where I was coming yeah. from. I think it would be like if Kaja Gugu got back together. <laughs> I was like, you guys were fine when Too Shy came out, mm-hmm. but uh, your time is done. Yeah, it's, it's a different era. Uh, but I think we should... We 40 should, games. 40 games. I will bet you on the air right now. What do you want to bet? What can we the, put on this? I will bet... I have nothing to offer you. Okay. But I do have $100 in cash. Not here, but in a bank. Okay. Uh, I was going to say we should bet your Emmy, but that would be wrong. <laughs> that would also be... I just jinxed you, by the way. Yeah, knock, I know, right? Knock on wood. Like, knock on this real wood table. Um, $100 in cash. That the Celtics... Uh, that I'm betting the $100 in cash that the Celtics will have a better Laker record than the Lakers. Yes. And I will it. And I will do the same. I will take Lakers. that bet. Okay. Also... Uh, Cash or uh, PayPal. We could. Uh, it's not as. I feel like it'd be more fun right, if I I'll, took a bill. I'll mail you cash <laughs> if we're in different. You cities. have to come back. I'll come. I'll fly. Okay. If the if the Celtics have a worse record than the Lakers at the end of the season, I will come back. Uh, just for a podcast, just to give you a hundred dollars. Amazing! No, you won't do that. I would. I sincerely really? would. Yeah. Oh wow! This is this is a special moment for me because I'm probably going to win, and this is going to happen, and you're going to be out of six hundred dollar plane ticket to Los Angeles. <laughs> you're really betting seven hundred dollars. It's seven hundred dollars plus a I... hotel. You can't stay at my house. Mm, that might blow it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only have one bedroom. I... <laughs> you want to sleep on my couch? Uh, yes. No. Uh, no. I, w- I would for real do that. I oh, will. Amazing. Uh, or like, I I come here sometimes. Yeah, you're here to do stand up and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, taking meetings and what what have you? <laughs> taking taking meetings. meetings. Um. All right. When is a book out? The book is out October sixth, and it's available for pre order now. And I'm doing a couple events uh book launch events we've got uh, can i can i yes, plug this of course the, uh october 13th in new york city uh at powerhouse books in brooklyn um i'm doing kramer books in washington dc on the 12th actually so the night before and then brookline booksmith in boston uh in brookline on october 21st and so, uh, but it's on sale in stores on the 6th and it will be and it's available for pre-order now on amazon or, or uh wherever you can order it through local bookstores too Fantastic. Yeah. Josh Gondelman, thank you so much for coming, and I look forward to your $100. Thank you. And not on my life. (laughs) All right, then. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on Podcasts.